It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? I actually realize it's not just a kid's bop song. That's a real song. The kids bop just just remade. So I'm good. I'm glad to know it's a real song. I posted on my Instagram today when I made my kids because it's Fat Waffle Friday also. So figured out it's a real song. Good to know that. But I'm Ron Johnson. We got Reggie Wilson from Care 11 joining us. He's going to talk about how to help kids with food insecurities. We'll bring that up later in the show and you'll get there. And Julia's a part of it too. Julia Daniels from Care 11. She's also trying to help support kids and food insecurity. So it's a battle to the death. Or maybe just to the life. I don't know. <laughs> and then we got Sam Ekstrom from Locked On Sports Minnesota, the basketball party, the football party. Sam Ekstrom does it all. On the road, it looks like, for hockey, because that's what Sam does. Sam does hockey, but no hockey talk today. We got a lot of topics, though. There's a lot going on. Top of the order, we already know there's a lot of Vikings news to get to. We're not going to TMZ it, though. We're going to stay away from the petty. We're going to give you just the news, but we got to lock into these topics today. What you got for us, Reggie? Anthony Edwards, he's been going off, but is it enough to put him in that MVP conversation? We'll talk about it. And I got to see the Caitlin Clark in action this week. We'll talk about her visit to Minnesota and her impact on sports. Mm. And I'm coming to you from a hotel room in Houghton, Michigan. We got a lot going on today. Care 11 food fights. Reggie's dog is on Julia's screen. Um, and Ron making fat waffles on Instagram. But we're going to talk about the Gophers basketball team amidst all of the craziness. And we have to talk about Alexander Madison. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. Alexander Madison behind Dalvin Cook did a great job. But then when they gave him the starting role, didn't really work out the way the Vikings thought it would work out. I'm pretty sure Alexander Madison didn't wasn't happy how it worked out. But now the Vikings have moved on. We'll talk about that as well as the combine because some interesting little things said by uh, Quasi and KOC different from years past of old regimes we'll talk about that and much more coming up on today's show but today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel make every moment more new customers join a day and you'll get 150 bucks that's 150 bucks in bonus bets for your first five dollar or five dollars or more if you win just visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started and seriously, people, I keep telling y'all, just go with the Timberwolves. Now, here's the problem, though. If you take them to cover and it's a big number, be careful because their fourth quarters aren't always what they should be. But if you just take them straight up, money line, I want the Timberwolves, you probably have a 95% chance of winning right now. Uh, there's some terrible teams coming up, like the Rockets. Bet them versus the Rockets, $5. That'll get you 150 bucks in bonus bets. Again, visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started well let's jump into today's show uh as i said alexander madison is no longer a minnesota viking it is tough i remember those days of getting that call from my agent hey uh it happened to me twice i got cut by the ravens and i got cut by the uh bears and so i know that's a tough conversation to have but the difference i was injured so i knew i had to leave the bears alexander madison there's some bonus behind his because he's gonna get a chance to be either starting running back for somebody or backup for somebody because we know as a two punch running back that one two punch he was really good but let's start with you reggie what are your thoughts on that when you first heard alexander madison was out the door yeah i mean it kind of made sense um it, it seemed like they were 
headed toward a situation where they were going to try to figure out what they were going to do at the running back position and at the number that Madison was given, it wasn't necessarily like a high number. You know, I think he was, he was due a $2.75 million um, guarantee uh, if he was still on the roster past March 15th and they saved 3.35 million by cutting him. And so it's like, you know, it's not, that's not crazy money, but, I think with the production that he had and and with the production that they had in the run game for the the second year under Kevin O'Connell, I think they need to kind of figure some things out. I remember when uh, Zach Taylor got to Cincinnati and he struggled with the run game, even though he had Joe Mixon back there. And I think it was after his first season, he was just like, you know what, I'm going to rip this up. I'm going to rip the whole run game up. He hired a new offensive line coach that came back from the the Marvin Lewis days. He came back um, to to kind of run his scheme there um, from the Cowboys. And the run game started to take off. I think Kevin O'Connell, I think, needs to kind of reimagine and rethink how he does the run game um, because it, it just it, it just doesn't work. I, I think we saw for the second straight year guys getting touched by the defense behind the line of scrimmage way too often. And, you know, I think they made such emphatic comments about Alexander Madison in training camp last year, going back to Wes Phillips. I don't think people really understand how good this guy is. And then they get to the season and it's like, oh, so much for that. And the production was was also a little jarring because – we saw what he can do, like you said, Ron, as that one-two punch with Dalvin Cook. But then when he was given the keys to the car, it was just like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like he ran the same. It didn't feel like his right. vision was was there. It didn't feel like he was really, you know, he had some drop passes that was kind of uncharacteristic. Maybe he was just like in his head too much. He was pressing a little bit too much because he knew that he was the top guy. And, you know, give it to Kevin O'Connell. He decided, like, for better or for worse, I'm just – I'm riding with this dude. And, you know, fans were a little exasperated. They were tired of it. They were like, look, can we go with Ty Chandler? Can we – you know, they 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 traded for Cam Akers and he tore his Achilles and that didn't work out. But it, it just seemed like something was going on there where he just couldn't get the type of production that anybody was expecting. So this move makes sense. Um, you you hate to see it because Madison is such a great guy, but you know I, I think from a production standpoint, they got to get more from that run game. Yeah, what do you think, Julia? I couldn't agree more. Um, I think back in November, I did a comparison between Ty Chandler um, and Alexander Madison, and Ty Chandler was able to do more with less. So it was telling then. Um, I think if you go back and you look now, it's, it, will, it will be the same thing. I think it was something about, like, his edge was gone this season. Um, maybe it's because, I don't know, You like you said, Reggie, people get in their head about these things. And when you're not vying for that RB1 spot anymore, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. I, I don't really know what was going on. Um, it was an uncharacteristic season for him. But when they brought in Cam Akers, obviously he got injured. but. Um, 
that was telling as well. I think we were all kind of like, okay, so maybe their confidence in Alexander Madison isn't as high as we thought it was. Um, but it's not surprising to me that they're moving on. The only problem with Ty Chandler is obviously pass block because he's smaller than uh, Alexander Madison and Cam Akers is. But um, I think that uh, we saw more from from Ty Chandler as a smaller running back um, this season. And he was way more explosive than Madison was. So yeah, this is not surprising. Like you mentioned, Reggie, the money thing too, it, it helps save a little bit of money. Uh, and uh, I'm not terribly surprised. You hate to see a guy like Alexander Madison. Cause when you're in, in the locker room, he is really one of the nicest guys that you could talk to in there. You hate to see him go, uh, but you wish him the best somewhere else. I think it just wasn't working with the Vikings anymore. Sam. Yeah, I, I, I'm very intrigued to see if this was about the price or the player. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, Julia, they're saving over $3 million against the cap. And I think this team knows they have huge expenses coming down the pipeline. They need every cent that they can gather. But this is what's going to happen every offseason with running backs because no running backs sign long-term deals anymore. So this happened last year. It's going to happen again this year. There are huge names sitting on the market and they are going to sit there and sit there and sit there because nobody's going to want to pay them what they believe they're worth. Look at this list of free agents, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Singletary, Deandre Swift. Um, And that's, that's the top tier. There's plenty of other backs there as well. And the Vikings can have their pick of the litter of veteran running backs. And I think they just need to bring in one because you still have Ty Chandler and they spoke very highly of him at the combine. They can get Cam Akers back. He's a restricted free agent. I think they will. I mean, I think that it'll be cheap to do so. I think that they'll at least bring him in, see how he recovers from that injury. They've got Dwayne McBride that they signed to a futures contract. So they've got the depth pieces on the roster, I think, already. They need the one veteran to bring in. I'm an Austin Eckler fan. I love what he does in the passing game. He comes from a dysfunctional Chargers run blocking unit that was last graded in the league last year. I think that'd be a fun addition, but he also might be more costly than Alexander Madison's, you know, three, $4 million. So is it the price or is it the player? Is that what caused them to move on from Alexander Madison? I think we'll find out how they view that as free agency commences here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and so for me, um, I, 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 it is tough. Like I'm just saying, like I, we, we, this is a business. We have to talk about this. Uh, but and Julia, you're right. When you see guys and you get a chance to talk to them in the locker room, or I mean, Sam, you know that. Like when we've interviewed guys on the show, like Cam Bynum, uh, you know, you create like a a bond and and CJ Ham over the years now, and Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and you know Laquan Treadwell even and and Everson Griffin and Chad Greenway. You know, like it it, it does get tougher. Uh, you know, as the guys go, especially <clears throat> when you play the sport. And so you kind of connect with the guys on that. For me, I know what it, they're going through. Like, like Spice Adams did a social media video that blew up like years ago that was like free agents and what they do. And this was like before Instagram reels and stuff. He just did it on like YouTube, I think, and it blew up. And he did like what it looks like. Like you wake up, you have nothing to do. So you work out, then you take a shower, you cry in the shower, then you look at your phone and every time it rings, you like, is it your agent? Nope, it's your mom. Like, yep, mom, I'm fine. I'm just watching TV. You play video games, you play, I don't know if you know, back then it was that stupid drum game that people played with the guitar on the 
PlayStation. Guitar uh, Hero. Yeah, Guitar Rock Hero. Band. Rock Band. There it is. And so, you know, Spice was doing jokes about that, like playing all their instruments on Rock Band. But, you know, and so, like, people forget that. Like, you don't have a job. So, theoretically, yes, he made millions last year. He's fine. He's not going broke. But at the same time, you're still without a job. And that does hurt for a little bit. So that's why a lot of players like Everson Griffin talk about that. The grass is not greener on the other side. And so, Sam, I think your point was right for me. Is it the money or is it the player? Like if Alexander Madison were to say, hey, man, I just want to be a Viking. I'll take a million or I'll take whatever the minimum is. Would they want him? Or was it just they're like, this doesn't work, man. Ty Chandler, like I think Julia said that, did more with less. Like Ty Chandler in tight situations with half the line out still flashed when he got in the game. Uh, but Reggie, your point with the money, dead on. That $3.5 million savings, honestly, I think they're preparing to either sign Justin Jefferson or Kirk Cousins. Like They they have to get money to be able to absorb a signing bonus or some type of big number or whatever they're going to have to pay because uh, Rob Brzezinski is working that out now. And so, uh, you know, I know normally we do that. It's so hard to say goodbye, you know. And I'm where we go you know like it is hard to say goodbye but the minnesota vikings are going to move on and it's time to move on to the combine because the coaches are down there they're looking at these players uh it's a meat market i've been there like i literally was in my underwear butt naked in my underwear on a stage with my arms stressed out and people were just gawking at me um which you know i'm not going to get into that but i know we've seen some instagram comments and twitter comments from players they might not mentally be right, but they are on to the right. Like they, they have the right idea about what, what they're saying about how some of these players are treated. And that's why a lot of players opt out of some of that. Uh, but now when you look at these players down there, Luke, Luke Inman yesterday on the football party brought up that I was in the 96th percentile for weight. Thanks, Luke, for telling me I was fat when I got on the scale at the combine. Um, but I was in the 96th percentile <laughs> at like 200. And I think I weighed in like 226 or 227 at the combine uh, at 6'3". Uh, I forgot what my body fat was, but it was like two or three percent. So yeah, I was big. I was a big. I was a big guy back then. Um, I I pretty much was. That was the one thing he said. Is there anything I would have like? What would I have done differently? And I'm like, I would have told the Ravens, make me an H back. Like use me like use check. Receiver. I was a receiver. Yeah, 227 pounds, six three. I was big. And I just lifted weights too. Like on treadwell out here. (laughs) (laughs) But I wish I'd have been a tight end. That's the one thing now looking at like where the league has gone and where it was going when I kind of because Shannon Sharp, Todd Heap, like we got Antonio Gates came to the league my year. So that's when it started becoming like, whoa, we could really utilize the tight end if they're athletic. And I'm like, oh man, I should have done it. Um, but when you look at these guys and we saw KLC and, and, and uh, Quasey hit the podium, we're hearing about owners. I'll ask you guys about that one, too, before we get out. One quick one about the owner of the commanders. I don't know if you guys heard the story, uh, but he's been in every meeting of just the quarterbacks, which is weird. He's like sitting in the corner, like with a trench coat and a cigar, like dark corner, weird, not saying anything. Uh, trying to be Jerry Jones, but has nothing to say. Like, so why are you sitting on these quarterback meetings? Like, are you going to tell the coaches like, or GM, like, I don't like that guy. He, he said he doesn't, he doesn't like mayonnaise. He, if he doesn't like mayonnaise, he can't be my quarterback. Like, just go sit in your, go sit in your suite. Like, just, just relax. Let the GM do it. Uh, but the Vikings aren't doing that. The Wilfs, they're not sitting around trying to interview JJ McCarthy. Uh, but, but is there anything from the combine, Sam, that you heard or you thought about, or you saw, uh, that you want to talk about? Yeah, well, I think the the number one headline has to be the the money quote from Quazy that he's never once considered 
or talked about trading Justin Jefferson. I think that mm. put a lot of people at ease um, to hear that come out of his mouth because there were, you know, the rumors, there was the steam. We don't know how credible it was. And now it's been squashed. So that's, that's encouraging, but it's the mixed messages about Kirk cousins that to, to just muddy the waters a little bit more, you know, we hear that, Kevin O'Connell says he's confident that something will get done and Quasi talking about their positive dialogue, but also in the same token, people asking Quasi about what do you want in your next quarterback? And he goes on and on talking about quarterbacks that can improvise and make the quote unquote second play, which I don't think is Kirk Cousins strength. Um, and then you hear steam about Kirk Cousins to Atlanta, how mm -hmm. that seems to be the, the betting favorite right now that Kirk is going to go back to his wife's hometown and be a Falcon. Um, so I, I think we've we've come away with less clarity about Kirk Cousins than we hoped, and that doesn't surprise me. I think it was always going to come down to the wire. Um, but now Kirk is probably armed with a number. His agent has probably been given a number of what he could get paid. He's probably been given a, a number of team names of, okay, you could play for this franchise, this franchise, this franchise. There's probably a little bit of bidding war going on behind under the table. So the negotiation just got tougher. Now Kirk Cousins has leverage. And I do think that that makes it more difficult to re-sign him. So even mm -hmm. if KOC you know, is bullish about getting him back, I'm not sure the market is going to allow it because of the competition for his services. Um, yeah, I think that you're right in saying that the top thing is is Quasi saying that it didn't even cross his mind to get rid of JJ. He said he's a, a blue player. Um, I think it's interesting when we see all of these rumors hit Twitter uh, because people will talk to agents and things like that. Uh, but I think a lot of times people fail to realize like that uh, scoops and things don't work as well as they used to because of social media and players have all the power when it comes to uh, people finding out what's actually going on with their contracts and stuff like that. Um, I think that... Um, Quasi just he's he's not gonna trade JJ and I, I think that you're right in saying that's the that's the biggest thing that happened and also that we we just now we have more questions about what's going on with the quarterback situation and then it comes out that the Vikings and all of the things yesterday were about the Vikings meeting with JJ McCarthy and that's all that we saw about the Vikings yesterday in the combine was that they had a formal meeting with him. Um, I do think it's interesting how Minnesota has jumped onto the JJ McCarthy train too. Um, it's Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson started the hype train. <laughs> yes. He started the JJ McCarthy thing. Um, I think it'll be really funny if everyone just hops on that train and then it doesn't happen. Uh <laughs> you can go back to my tweet though, too, by the way, I video Quasi on the Michigan sideline during the Michigan Gophers game, and I started it then. Also, because I when I first did it, people were like, Oh, clearly Quasi wanted uh or something like that. Somebody was like, either clearly Quasi wanted uh Harbaugh to be his coach and not KLC. I'm like, no, he's over there talking to him about the quarterback. So just yeah. chill out with that. Uh but yeah, I did start it then. When that when I saw him play Minnesota and I saw Quasi down there, I'm like, Oh, okay, he's here, he's checking him out. Yeah, I mean, and but that's part of the job too. He'd be. It is. He's just supposed to be there. I mean, they also have Chris Jenkins' son, so that was another. I know they're looking at D lineman, so right. I don't know if they go in the first round, but right. I know there's a couple I, um, guys. I I was telling Reggie on the far off months ago uh, that Chop Robinson, the Penn State. Oh yeah. 
uh, D lineman ran. A, he what did he run a, a four four nine forty yesterday? Yeah, it was unofficially four four eight. Nuts. Um, I saw a few uh, mock drafts that had the Vikings potentially going with him. So, I mean, I'm not saying obviously we don't know anything, but I'm just saying there's other options that are on the table for the Vikings True. than just looking at quarterback. I think it when it comes down to it, no one, none of us. Really, I mean, we had Jordan Addison obviously as a candidate, but no one was like red hot for Jordan Addison to be their pick last year. I think it's uh, the combine just adds just just adds more mud to the waters. Yeah, it's funny because people were like, "Oh, the Vikings don't need a receiver," and then they took a receiver. So you just never know. Reggie, what do you think about the combine? Yeah, so I simultaneously love and loathe uh, this time of year because there's so many rumors. So much talk, you know, some may be valid, but most of it is not. And it's just like, okay, can we just get to the period where teams can actually do something? Like, I'm eager to get to the middle of March, you know, once the league year starts and they can start signing free agents and, you know, announcing trades becoming official and, you know, all this stuff. Because, like, there's just so much going on. Um, it, you know, we saw JJ McCarthy uh, at the the convention center dropping back, throwing passes to Blake Corum, and everybody's just like, "But what does it mean?" And everybody's like, "Oh, he's if he can't just like fire it and and hit a stationary guy across the hall, then how is he going to be accurate as a passer in the NFL?" And it's just like, "Oh, shut up, everybody already!" And so it is interesting though that all these mock drafts. I've seen so many mock drafts, DJ, Bucky, Jordan Reed, like all these guys doing these mock drafts. And none of them have, none of them that I've seen have the Vikings taking a quarterback at 11. All I see is edge guys. I've seen um, uh, some offensive linemen as well, but I'm like, you, they're not going to, that's not, that's not what you, what you do. But, but I see edge guys, whether it's verse or chop and, to their credit, you know, some of those guys really showed well um, yesterday. What was it? To, to Vondre Sweat, that dude can move, man, like to be 300 plus pounds. Like these guys are some freaks. You know, back in the day when Don Terry Poe was doing what he did at his size, everybody was like, oh, man, this dude is crazy. And, you know, he parlayed that to a first round pick. So I think it's it's interesting, you know, the, the Vikings are definitely doing their due diligence, but, like, everything is muddy at this point because, like, yeah, you got the mock draft saying that they might take an edge guy, but then, you know, Kwesi and KLC come out and they're like, yeah, but we want to sign Kirk Cousins back. And then it's like, oh, but all these quarterbacks that are, that are coming through at the combine, the, you know, in that fine print, you're seeing that the Vikings are taking meetings with them as well. And so it's like, what is it? And obviously it's just them doing their due diligence, but it's like, man, could we see them trade up in the top five to get a guy that they want? I feel like taking McCarthy at 11 is, I just feel like that's too high for, for him. I feel like you're reaching at that point. Um, and so I'm not really sure, but I am, I think from what I've seen, you know, Caleb obviously is going to be that top guy. You know, I my draft crush, I was talking to Julia yesterday, Michael Penix <laughs> Jr., but all these mocks are having him, like, dropping 
even some out of the first round. And it's just like, wow, okay. But I, I think, you know, one of the best players in this draft, quarterback-wise, is Jaden Daniels. And he came in, he's a little slight, you know, 6'3", might be 205, you know, soaking wet. But, like, they can he can bulk up, but he has the skill set. I saw what this dude can do um, against my Missouri Tigers. They were up by double digits on LSU, and he just single-handedly brought them back to win that game and give my Tigers their first loss of the season. So I I like what I see from that guy, and I think he's probably going to be the second quarterback taken off that draft board. But then you got them signing, you know, Josh McCown as a as a quarterback's coach, and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, he he coached drake may in high school and it, there's just so <laughs> many things this week and you you just kind of want to unmuddy some of it and that's just not what this time period is for but when i go into running backs because i know that's what we're talking about like that was one of the things i wanted to hit on quick here's some names to keep in your mind people going into this draft i'm gonna be selfish and say bucky irving from minnesota went to oregon he's not alexander madison he's more like dalvin cook He's a between-the-tackles runner that can also spread out, run routes. Or In Oregon's offense, he was extremely dynamic. If KOC really wants to have an air raid attack with the running back and treat it like the 49ers, Bucky Irvin's your guy. You also have, we saw Blake Corum at Michigan, was a beast. And then there's a guy that looks like he's on steroids or Thor's like illegitimate son and Thor got a black woman pregnant in Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Braylon Allen, uh, but the kid, the he, <laughs> he's a dude, man. He's a dude. I know he, he it was my Thor yeah. comment. I know Reggie. I know, <laughs> but you know, who also got a black woman pregnant and has a really good son, Brian Erlacher. So, Hey, it, you never know. It works. Yeah. Brian Erlacher's son is one of the top uh, athletes where he's at. I think in Texas, uh, Erlacher, where you were going with that. Yeah. Erlacher got, uh, I forgot the girl's name. She was a track star out of like Texas or TCU and, and Erlacher. That was his girl for a little bit. She had a baby and now he is coming out. So, you know, Braylon Allen looks like Thor could be his daddy. Like he, his traps, his arms, his shoulders. He does remind me a little bit of, of uh, like a bigger Saquon kind of, but he has the speed. Um, He's still this, so young. He is. And that's the thing too. And we always know that with Jordan Reed on ESPN, Sam, when he, we've had Jordan Reed on, that's the one thing he talks about is getting the guy young so that when that second contract time because when you're getting 24 year old running backs and 22 year old running backs 23 year old running backs by the time they're 27 28 they're done and so this is a kid Braylon Allen that I don't know if he's a first rounder because he was up and down with injury but he looks the part so that's another name that could replace Alexander Madison and be cheap be cheap because we talked about the money I'm not saying first round I don't think he's 11th pick he could be there in the second round, though. If the Vikings do want to trade back and get draft capital, resign Kirk Cousins, go get you a running back, get you a backup quarterback, and Keenan Slovis. That's an option. Uh, there's some other running backs out there as well um, that we will talk about later. You got Frank Gore Jr. He's probably a later round pick. Uh, and then you got the kid Mayan Williams out of Ohio State. He was decent, uh, had a pretty good year. Uh, and then when we go into receivers, I don't think that's going to be an option. Like if Justin Jefferson goes, the only other person that can replace Justin Jefferson is Marvin Harrison Jr. And the Vikings have no shot. At getting Marvin Harrison Jr. So we can move on from that. But there are some other names like Blake, uh, Neighbors. If you want to replace um, Justin Jefferson with another LSU guy, Malik Neighbors, he, he might be there at 11. Just saying. So I'm not saying the Vikings are going to do that. But if they get Malik uh, Neighbors at 11, or at 11, 
might be time for Justin Jefferson. They might they might actually try to trade him, but that would be the dumbest thing ever because it, it didn't Ron. work out. Stop it. Moss. Just saying. I'm just Stop saying. It. I'm, Cut I'm it just, out. I'm throwing it out there because it's he already said he's not doing it. Cut it out. By the way, I covered Mayan Williams in high school. In he's legit. He's legit. Yeah. He just didn't have like Ohio State just, I don't know, like being, they were Michigan stepchild. So it, it was tough for them to really get over the hump. But we he talked a lot the about the- last year. <laughs> okay. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. I, I thought we were better than that. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Let's get the show back on the rails. But that was a lot of Vikings talk, people, a lot of combine talk. Uh, another nugget for me, though, I did want to say, I do agree, though, Kevin O'Connell and, oh, sorry, Quasey putting the thing to bed that we never talked about trading Justin Jefferson. I think that shuts up all the people that had sources that were saying, here's what the Vikings could trade for. Uh, just some of the weirdest stuff ever. You don't have a source. You're just making it up to get people to like your tweet. Uh, but now it's time for a word from our sponsors. After that, though, we're going to talk about Anthony Edwards uh, because, I mean, the dude is playing like Michael Jordan might be his daddy. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Caitlin Clark because I don't know. She's somebody's mama because I don't know who's, but it might be the Gophers. She has birthed the Gophers clearly the way she played. Uh, what? If he's him, she can be her. So when we talk about that with, with dudes, it's like, hey, he's your daddy. I've seen the Christian McCaffrey uh holding uh or or what's his name uh well brock purdy who be oh patrick mahomes was holding brock purdy talking about patrick mahomes and brock purdy's daddy so hey claylin kark she's holding all the big 10 girls in her arms because she's their mama uh but we'll talk about that much more after we're from our sponsors <laughs> this is why you watch on youtube so you can see our reactions to ron's pregnancy humor we're brought to you today by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, and new customers right now can bet five, get 150 in bonus bets if your $5 bet wins. Um, I was thoroughly entertained yesterday. I'm in Michigan. I've been using FanDuel. I was sweating out the Cognizant Classic Golf Tournament, had Chad Ramey as the first-round leader, cashed that, and then had to sweat a four-team NBA parlay last night. And guess who screwed me over? Wemby goes off and foils my Thunder money line. I just needed the Thunder to beat the Spurs, and it went sideways. But you know what? I was entertained the entire night. You can have that kind of fun at FanDuel, and there's a lot of ways to bet the NBA. If you check out any NBA game, like live in-game, there's like 200-plus ways to wager. You've got special player props, live point totals, spreads. You can adjust the spreads and, and get plus money or minus money, whatever you want. It's a lot of fun at FanDuel. Right now, new customers bet five, get 150, and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Get started today and download the Fanduel Sportsbook app. Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. When I was having to talk about Anthony Edwards. So, Reggie, take it away. All right. So, Ant is averaging 31 points a game this month so he is clearly surging and having a lot more efficiency than than we've seen from him um throughout the season so the question was can ant put himself in that mvp conversation all right so here we go now that that we we pretty much got we pretty much got Embiid out of there because of the injury i think that Ant is probably going up against guys like Shea, Giannis, you know, Loki, Kevin Durant, 
And uh, Donovan Mitchell is is starting to make his case. Right now, Ann is averaging 26 points a game. If you look at these, these leaders and points score, you got Luka Doncic at the top, 34.4 points a game. Shea is at 31. Giannis is at 30, nearly 31. And then Donovan Mitchell is at 28. And you got a bunch of other people. And, and Ann is at 11 as far as the scoring leaders. And I bring up scoring because, like, that seems to be the metric. Like, that seems to be what it takes in the NBA to lead teams and score. Anthony Edwards affects the game in so many different ways. I know he was asked about being, uh, you know, all NBA defense. And he's like, look, these people got to watch the games. And I agree. He takes it upon himself. It, it kind of reminds you of Kobe in that way. Like, I want to dominate on both ends of the floor every night. And he had the scare with, with the ankle, came back, dunking all over the place. And, you know, he ended up going back-to-back nights, 34 points. And I think he is establishing himself as one of the, you know, young superstars in the league. And if he can somehow just kind of like up that clip and just start scoring 30, 35 points a game each night, I think you have to put him in that conversation because the the Wolves are the best in the West. And when you got the combination of the best team in the West with the best player, you know, you kind of look at, you know, what MB did last year was kind of insane. And I think that it's not necessarily anybody else's to lose at this point. Like, I feel like there's still time for him to kind of put himself in that conversation. I mean, Shea has been playing well all year and Luca plays on a team that I feel like really doesn't care about anything, but you know, that's, that's another story. But I think if you continue to see Ant surge in his point scoring, because like I said, it just seems to be all about the points. I think that Ant gives himself a chance to be in that MVP conversation. Julia. Yeah, I think, um, should he get up to averaging 35, he, he would be in the conversation. I think Jokic is actually leading the betting odds of in the conversation. Yep. Right? Of course he is. Um, I think it's unfortunate for Ant. I will say Ant, I think, may be a little too young right now, uh, despite the fact that he's been in the league for a few years. I think it's unfortunate that Ant has – teammates that are also showing out during these games. There's a reason they're the top of the West. I think he makes the difference in these games. Um, but there are games where we're talking about guys like Nas Reed that are the ones that made the difference for them that night, or Mike Connolly, or Rudy is the difference, or Cat's the difference, Cat goes off, this, that, and the other. And I think that that is it, it kind of spreads the love a little bit so that Ant doesn't stand out like he would if he was on a team that had less superstardom and less less power and talent and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I'll keep mine short and sweet. I think maybe not this year unless he does bump that average up uh, next year for sure. But we'll see how the Wolves do. I think it's also, you know, the fact that they are at the top of the West that he should be in the conversation for it. But we've seen it over and over and over again. We see it every single day. The Wolves get overlooked. And that's unfortunate for Ant because of the generational player that he is. Yeah, like I'm looking at FanDuel right now. He is seventh in the odds. And some of the guys above him, I will say, the box scores that they put up, I mean, Luca, every other night, Luca's doing something insane, like 40, 
points, 15 rebounds, and 12 assists. Um, Jokic is a walking triple-double, and he might win the MVP again. And I, I just want to point out, as an aside, I watched the entire Nuggets Heat game last night because I was betting on it. And Jokic was the most boring person. He's the most boring MVP ever. And he's great. He impacts the game every time he's on the floor, every possession, offensive end, defensive end. He's so boring. He's so. This is why no one really cares that much about the Nuggets, I think, because their star is the, the least marketable um, generational player I've ever seen. Anyway, now that that's out of my system, um, Giannis stacks the, 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 the stat sheet. Um, Edwards is still primarily a scorer. Yeah, he can distribute a little. He can rebound a little. But he's a scorer. That's the way he impacts the game most. I think people are starting to acknowledge him as a defensive player, especially after the last game where he shut down Triple J and the Grizzlies. And then after the game, he said, I'm doing this all the time, but nobody watches the Timberwolves. And he's kind of right. Like his defensive impact is underrated. I think he's underrated as a player, but just the overall production of some of these other dudes in the league, it's just, it, he got his campaign going a little late, I think for him to make a, a legitimate run at it. Yeah, for me, it's going to come down to this. So I was listening to um, Jason Tatum slander and they were talking about Jason Tatum being an MVP candidate because the MVP, normally the leader is the best player on the best team in the NBA. And right now that is the Celtics. The second best team, in my opinion, is the Timberwolves. So it should be Jason Tatum, Anthony Edwards, but it's not. And I think uh, uh, I forgot the person who was saying it, Metamon Perkins, was saying how they move the goalposts for some players. Uh, or if you want to keep it in basketball terms, they move the goal. Uh, so instead of 10 feet, it's now 11 feet for certain players because they're like, oh, well, he didn't win a championship. Uh, he's not the MVP, but they gave it to Joel Embiid. Hasn't won a championship. They've given it to guys that have not won championships. Uh, Jokic hadn't won yet when they gave it to him, but then eventually now he won. So now he's probably going to be up there again because he won one already. Um, I think Anthony Edwards, you know, he should be in it. He won't be in it, though, this year. If they win or they even go to the finals, then next year, I think then people will take notice because it takes that. Like Michael Jordan, when you think about the 80s of how the, the Celtics and the Pistons uh, and the Lakers dominated and the Bulls were just an afterthought, and then eventually Jordan started taking over, which Isaiah Thomas brought, brought up a good point about that too. That Jordan never actually beat the full-grown, healthy Pistons. He never beat the young Celtics. He never beat the young Lakers like all the teams he beat is when they were older and they were on their way out so I'm not hating on Michael Jordan just saying uh but when, when you think about that though those conversations are gonna have to happen but then for Anthony Edwards to be in this he has to go deep in the playoffs this year like Joel Embiid pushed his team in and then I think that was the Kawhi year that kind of like hurt his feelings but then people started taking notice of Joel Embiid so that's why he ended up winning then he gets James Harden and then of course they go off and then Joel Embiid was MVP Anthony Edwards he has two bigs. He has a Mike Conley. He needs to fight. And he'll have Mike Conley for two more years. He needs to go deep in the playoffs. He needs to go to the Western Conference Finals for sure. And maybe even the NBA Finals to be considered a candidate the next year. Uh, because Jason Tatum made it once. And then he got embarrassed by LeBron, I think it was. And we haven't heard from him since. And they're not really giving Jason Tatum his just due. Timberwolves, it should be Anthony Edwards, should be up there. That's in my opinion, though, but who knows. Uh, but when you look, think about what's next, let's, let's stay on basketball. Let's go with Caitlin Clark. 
Take it away, Julia. Yeah. So Wednesday, I got to go cover uh, Caitlin Clark when she was here playing the Gophers. Um, I just think growing up as a young girl who played sports, we never had that person. You know, I had, you know, I played soccer. So Abby Wambach maybe was kind of that for me, but there was never somebody that kind of transcended all of sports, college, everything that, that stood out the way that Caitlin Clark does. And I will say you can watch her on television and be amazed, but seeing it in person and watching her just pull up from the logo, what three times in a row and sink everything unreal. I mean, sitting there in the press box stands with my jaw on the floor. Just nothing like I had ever seen before. I think it's so um, incredible just as a woman in sports to see uh, the turnout as well that I saw at the barn. And I can't wait for her to take it to the WNBA because she announced yesterday she is going to draft this year. Um, I, I just think that it's such a turning point for women in sports because there's, you know, you have your gymnasts and things like that when the Olympics come around, that's every four years. This is somebody that girls can watch every single season on a big stage. Um, and I think that it's, it's just something that we've never seen before for a woman. I think we saw it with LeBron. We saw it with Jordan. You see those kind of things. You see it with Kobe. But this is the first time we're seeing it from a woman. And it's very empowering, even for me, somebody who's older than her. But to go to a gopher basketball game and see little girls and their dads have brought them down from Canada to come and see her play. It's just insane on a Wednesday night, too, you know. Um, so I, I think it's just once you kind of see the impact that she has in person. And for me on Wednesday, it was just crazy. And the amount of people that stayed for a half hour after the game, just wanting autographs from her. The barn did not clear out for a long, long time. We were live, I would say, 45 minutes after the game had ended, and we were still having trouble getting onto the court to get set up out there. Um, so it's just, it, it, it's something that I think um, will change. I think her effect will change sports as it is. Um, and for women, it kind of, opens the door for somebody else to come in and, and build off of what she started. So it's very cool. Yeah. Sam. She's a conversation starter. Like I was having conversations with people here, you know, with the hockey team about women's college basketball yesterday. And that's not, you know, that's to be honest, not something that I talked to a lot of people about 10 years ago, but now there are these gravitational forces in the game, you know, and, and some have gone to the WNBA plums, Ionescu's, um, and, and Beckers is coming soon. She's staying in college for another year, but Clark going to the WNBA. Juju Watkins will be the next Caitlin Clark with USC. I mean, there's just the, these stars that are radically changing women's basketball. I thought the it was so cool to see the barn as full as it was, and, and that's the impact that Caitlin Clark has. Like, the women's team does not fill that building, but Caitlin Clark does. The men's team doesn't fill the building, but Caitlin Clark does. I just think that's really cool for the game. And I do have to take the jab at Minnesota. It's classic that Caitlin Clark would play Minnesota and then realize, hmm, I'm too good for the college game now. Like, I obviously <laughs> need to go pro because I have mastered college basketball. 
when I think she oh. scored what the first 15 points against the Gophers on like some absurd 40 foot threes. Um, of course, Minnesota would be the team that would push her into professional basketball. Wow, Sam. Reggie. Yesterday we were having the conversation in the at the newsroom, and I was just like, man, she's just nasty, man, respectfully. And so it's like it's crazy like watching her just work like and you you think about it. I think I was telling Julia uh, and our producer Ryan yesterday. It's like, man, I, you you want to say like, oh man, none of that stuff is not gonna fly in the in the WNBA like that. Her just coming, you know, right in into half court and just pulling up. But it's just like maybe it does, maybe it does fly. You kind of look at what Steph Curry has done in the NBA. And, you know, you got Logo Lillard and, you know, all these things. And before Steph got into the NBA, you wouldn't even believe, like, if you took a shot like that, like, I just imagine, like, Lance Stevenson getting pulled out of the game for doing something crazy like that. Like, you know, a Lance and make them dance type moment. But, like, when you see Kaylin Clark just, like, she's like, yeah, I'm just going to come through, step back, boom, right in your face. Like, she is changing the game and she is changing how we look at women's basketball and i love it like i love it you watch women's basketball and you already see like some of the most fundamentally sound hoops and some people might find it boring or or whatever if you go on some of the the wasteland of twitter comments you'll get all of that of what people think about women's basketball but like it's just so good to watch because like it's so pure and you know the shot making is is out of control i think julia brought up how women are are like historically more accurate than than men um when you know doing stuff like that so I I love seeing Kaylin Clark just come down and just pull up and it's going to make the game I remember when when women started dunking and everybody's just like whoa and like but we've never seen you know a woman come down and just pull up from the logo like this and that's gonna continue to make the game more exciting and you know as she does it then we're going to see people come behind her and do it. You know, Sabrina already is probably trying to, like, get in her bag and and start doing some of the same. Like, oh, if Kayla's doing it, I mean, I could do it, you know? And I think that's just going to make the game even more exciting. And it's it's an exciting thing for um, sports fans. Yeah, and and so for me, I agree with that. I think Caitlin Clark is what the game needed. Uh, hopefully, Paige Beckers can come back and get healthy again because people forget how electric she was before her two ACL injuries. Because uh, she took UConn to I think the finals, if not won it, or took them to it. Um, and so she is one of the most electric players as well. It just sucks that she's had to deal with two knee injuries. Um, but when you think about the the game. Uh, quickly before we get out of here, the Gophers for me losing by 48 too. that was just a tough way for the nation to hear about you because everybody was going to talk about Caitlin Clark and all these teams that beat her and all these teams like they can go to the committee and say, hey, we beat Iowa. We deserve to be in the big dance. The Gophers like how did you do against Iowa? Oh, we lost by 48. All right. Next. Like you, you like it doesn't help. And so for, for fans, I know people were not happy with that outcome. Maya Bra- Mara Braun forever has been saying, we want to fill the barn. We want to fill the barn. Well, you filled it. And then what'd you do? So fill the barn and then show out. And I think the Gophers are missing a person like Caitlin Clark. They're missing a speed dynamic, not just a dynamic speed. You need a little speed. When you watch Maryland play, we watch Ohio State play. That's why they're able to keep up and not beat Iowa. That's why LSU moves around fast. That's why South Carolina is like ridiculous. 
because they have speed. The Gophers need to find some speed. They need to recruit some speed because the little girl from Wisconsin that went to, uh, I think she went to, uh, forgot, a Harden High School or something, or uh, Como, I think Como Park High School in, in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul. She walked on at Wisconsin. I know she's 5'4", but she's now giving them bonus minutes and she's quick. Gophers missed out on her. So that, that to me, stuff like that, you got to recruit speed. Forget all these girls that are putting up a ton of points. Like you're not going to get, I'm guessing Chad Greenway's daughter is going to Iowa. So you got to find some speed. But that 48 points, did you pinch her? Did you at least pinch Caitlin Carter? Like bumper, banger, do something. Like you got to pinch her. You didn't even pinch her. She didn't even know you were there. Like Sam said, she was just shooting on air and having fun from the from the M. She looked at Gold. Goldie was happier to see her than he was his own team. Uh, but before we get out of here, we want Reggie to kind of tell us about this food fight with Care 11. Okay, real quick. So uh, 7.5 million people were, or 7.5 million times were the number of times that people had to turn to uh, food shelves and food pantries last year um, for food insecurities. And so at Care 11, we have started as of yesterday, going until March 28th, we started the food fight. And uh, I am uh, the leader if you will, of Team Reggie. Um, there's Team Bell, Team Randy, Team Julie, and Team Reggie. And so um, help me uh, in this fight for, uh, food, <laughs> for food insecurity across the Twin Cities and Minnesota. We're teaming up with the Salvation Army to um, collect donations and also raise money to help for families in need who are facing food insecurities. It's a great initiative that uh, we haven't done in a few years. And so we're bringing it back. And so um, I'll, I'll share the link um, once we post the show uh, where you can go to donate to Team Reggie. Uh, Julia is on Team Bell. If you want to donate to that little team, whatever, whatever. Team Reggie <laughs> is the winner, okay? We want to we wanna win this thing and, and show uh, the Twin Cities that we care about those who are, who are in need of food. Julia, you got anything to say about your little team? Yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to give to Reggie's team, give to Bell's team because then it goes towards my team. <laughs> and I thought Julia had a ponytail for a minute, but then I realized that was the dog. I thought she had the Beyonce going since Beyonce has her new album out. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Maxstrom. Uh, that's Reggie Wilson. And this has been Friday's Roundtable on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Make sure you find Locked On Sports 24-7 on our YouTube stream for your favorite Minnesota sports shows around the clock. It's Vikings, Wild Wolves, Twins, and Gophers all hours of the day. And, of course, have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.